Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Tiffany is the smarter, less chunky daughter. Oh, yeah, she's <laughs> Probably because she doesn't sit around and eat Hey, y'all. Welcome to a special episode of... A recap of the newest season of Real Housewives of Dallas. Show and a franchise that I think is probably um, probably a little bit kind to say that it's on its last legs. I think it's very clear that Bravo does not do a lot of push behind Dallas and it's... Um, you know, if any franchise had to get the cut, I think it would be very obviously Dallas. They have horrendous ratings. They don't get that much attention from the network. The cast members, I think, are not... They're like, bot. I mean, no shade, but like, they, you know, they just haven't broken out. If we want to compare them to Potomac, like... Two roads diverging a yellow wood, right? Like one went on to be growing to be a juggernaut, and the other one is, you know, you know, limping around like an animal that's chewed its own foot off. Okay. <laughs> but with that being said, you guys, I was, you know, they premiered the season premiere premiere on a uh, New Year's night, which I thought was another. <laughs> interesting choice they did a sneak peek uh i found this episode to actually be compelling and maybe it was just because i was like reading into things too much and like making things too deep so i if it gets to be too heavy and too 
long-winded and too detailed. I apologize up front. Genuinely, I thought this was a great episode. So a couple weeks ago, I had this conversation on this podcast and on um, Tria's podcast, What Else is Going On? So check that out. The way, what I'm interested in seeing, when we have this whole like Bravo reckoning, you know, firings due to racist problematic uh, actions and words, whatever you want to call it, I was interested in seeing how Bravo was going to handle it. Because if you want to get into the logistics of the network, like different shows are handled by different production companies. And so you're dealing with different teams under the same umbrella, right? So it's not really possible. I mean, maybe Bravo could make like an across the board terms and conditions set of rules and, and a philosophy, what not philosophy culture across the board of Bravo, but I don't know. But the point of what I'm saying is that I, um, I was interested in seeing how each show was going to address the past year and address their dealings with their own behavior, reckoning with their own behavior. And obviously Dallas was a big part of that. I think any person who watches Bravo thought, okay, we're going to obviously look at Vanderpump rules, see how they handle this. We're going to see how, you know, TBD on that. <laughs> uh, Vanderpump Rules, Southern Charm, and Dallas. Obviously, we know why Vanderpump Rules with Stassi and Kristen, Southern Charm, because they're long history <laughs> with um, slave owners and generally horrendous, run-of-the-mill, Southern wealthy behavior. Um, and then Dallas, because of the things that Brandy had said, you know, mocking Asian people, their appearance and accent, making an accent and all of that. So I was interested in seeing how they were going to handle this, especially because we've now seen how they've handled Atlanta and Portia and her protesting and her, um, involvement in the movement coupled with how we saw them handle uh, on Southern Charm, Catherine's statue coming down of her ancestor and the things that she said to that blogger um, with the monkey emoji. I The fact that Atlanta premiered the same week as, as that episode was really interesting to be able to contrast like how each show navigated talking about race, talking about behaviors, talking about their involvement in, you know, all this stuff, especially with what's going on in a broader sense in the country, right? So let's talk about taglines before I get too deep, shall we? We shall. So we have a new housewife, Dr. Tiffany Moon. We have dropped Leanne Locken. And I'm excited. So we have, we'll start with Stephanie Holman. 
Hers is, I don't need your approval. I need you to get out of my way. Okay. Okay. I I think I should say right off the bat that I am not a woman of good taste when it comes to taglines. Like, I just feel like the ones that I like, people hate and vice versa. So (laughs) when I give my opinion, just know that I know that I tend to go against the grain when it comes to the general consensus. So next we have Carrie Brittingham. If you take a shot at me, it better be tequila. And now like my mind is swirling and I'm thinking about Lisa Barlow and Vita tequila. And I'm thinking about all of the tequila, vodka, alcohol things. And I'm thinking, does Carrie have a tequila line? Is that where this is going? Or is she making tequila her thing? Carrie was such a non-factor for me last season outside of the horrendous things that Leanne was saying to and about her. I don't know that I really gelled with Carrie. Eh, You know, we'll see how she goes. How she does the season. So then we go to Brandy. Take it from me. A sinner is a saint who keeps on trying. Is that not like the most budget country song like is she is she is she gonna drop a a beat (laughs) is she dropping a track a country track called the sinner's just a saint who keeps on trying i i think it's gross i i'm you know i'm officially over brandy and i don't like this like victim mentality that she went into the whole episode and this tagline is rubbing me the wrong way because of it Moving on to Deandra. Dallas girls are sugar and spice, but I'm still working on nice. Okay. I would give that like a six out of 10. It's a nine out of 10 for Deandra though. Like <laughs> if we're grading on a curve, I, I think this is for Deandra. This is a very good tagline. Let's move on to Cameron. She says, I love to be pampered, but I'm nobody's pet. Hate it. I hate it. I, especially because what we find out <laughs> with regard to pets in the premiere, I'm like, I don't, I don't know if this is the right choice, girl. But moving on, we end with new lady, Dr. Tiffany Moon. I can save your life monopoly your reputation and i thought her delivery of that line because you know it's half the tagline excuse me and half the delivery i thought her delivery of that line sold it i thought it was great and i think she's got a really great energy about her and i'm liking it i don't know (laughs) if like she's gonna be the one to save or even make it good enough for them to continue on with another season. But I think she, it seems like Tiffany is going to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting and she, you know, just came from CrossFit and she can do a deadlift. Like you've never believed. Is it going to be enough? I don't know, but I think she's working hard. So let's talk about the episode. Our first shot, just a pile of bulldog poop. In Cameron's house. So that's great. You know, we're dealing with the chaos of, I guess she's moving into a new house. She's got to sell the old house. Oh, can you believe it? Adventures in real estate over here. 
Um, so the girls do a group chat on uh, the computer. Obviously, you know, we have a big, you know, like, how did we handle quarantine? How are we handling COVID? And so they're doing this, like, I don't even... <sighs> I mean, okay, maybe they had to do this group shop for the show uh, because they weren't quite sure what they were going to do at the beginning. But to me, it's just like, okay, we're going to do this, like, Zoom chat. Great. But then the whole rest of the episode, we're all going to be together, unmasked, hugging, kissing, talking closely to each other. So what's the point? To me, it was just like a fluff, unnecessary scene. Um, Stephanie wants to get everyone together for a pool party and Brandy's like, Oh, is there going to be a temperature check at the door? And she says, Stephanie says, yeah, I'm going to give you a rectal one. So here we go. Right. Right with the butt stuff with Brandy and Stephanie, which honestly, like I generally don't get into like potty humor. I don't know if anal counts as potty humor, but I, I never really minded their potty mouths. I think it's actually somewhat refreshing, more so for Stephanie because I like Stephanie, but I have to say the talking ends that they were having Stephanie doing, I let's get into that. Let's get into that in a second. So our first big scene is Cameron out with the kids. And she says, you know, the way we explain to the kids is we said there's something going around because somebody ate a bat and that's what COVID is. That's what coronavirus is. And, you know, the kids were concerned, clearly. <laughs> I, I would love to see just a web series or an IGTV series of Cam explaining complicated situations to her children. That's the thing that I would like to see in this world. And that's just my truth. Um, so she says, you know, like, I'm really scared about the unknown, but, you know, we must have been really bad to deserve a year like this. Like, God is not happy with us. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, I mean, listen, would I rather her think that COVID is happening because God is mad at us? Or would I rather her think that COVID is not real and not something to be taken seriously? You know? We have to pick our battles and I'm going with the Lord on this one. (laughs) So what happens after that? Okay. So she tells this wild story. You guys like this, it went, everything happened. It escalated so quickly (laughs) and it got some from wacky to, Oh my God, to, Oh, this is dark to, Oh, are you okay? <laughs> like this really was a journey. So they are anticipating their new dog Fancy coming back from the trainer. Fancy's been at the trainer at the behavioralist, you know, working on her issues. So they're excited. They're waiting for the dog to come back. So we find out Fancy is a Pomeranian new puppy that was uh, purchased because Louie, Cam's old dog, who was a 16-year-old Yorkie, passed away. So then (laughs) Cameron's like, I have a story to tell you guys. And she proceeds to tell us about how 
September of 2019, she was in New York doing her thing. Was that BravoCon? It may have been. She gets a call from Short Court. Half Court. (laughs) Half Court. And he says, I found Louie. He's now crossed over the Rainbow Bridge, right? She's obviously devastated. Then Court tells her that he did not give Louis his medication. And so then it turns into, oh my God, I think my husband killed my dog. And so they get an autopsy done of Louis. They find out that there actually was no reason. It wasn't like a lack of medication or anything like that. He just, you know, 16. Not... She's like, things are okay now that I know that, you know, it wasn't court that did it. But then she's like, you know what? I moved on. And then she gets this like long away glance. And she's like, you know what? I don't think I'll ever move on. So it really is now like we see flashes of her in therapy, talking about court and the dog and how upset she is with court. And this is like a real thing. Like we see Cam often acting, you know, she either is like this like pink bubblegum pink whimsy tool you know, 7 foot tall Nicole Kidman look like you know, deer. And then the other time she's like this like miss um Highland Park I'm from money rules rules rules. I don't like what you're doing. But I don't think we've ever seen Cameron be like hurt not like and I don't we've seen a hurt like when Brandy you know wagged a a dildo in her face (laughs) but this was like a real hurt that was like oh like this genuinely fucked with my marriage like I couldn't believe it I'm I'm not laughing because I think it's funny like the death of a dog is terrible and it's got to be really awful to think that your husband may have contributed to that and but it's like it was just like interesting to see how deeply she reacted to that so um here comes fancy in slow motion they really whipped out a lot of slow motion a lot of um tight shots on the women a lot of graphics that didn't need to happen a lot of effects that were going on so fancy comes in with the behavioralist and as somebody who works with animals they did the wrong thing immediately which was fancy comes in and they're like showering her with praise and like oh my god and court saying from the back like i don't think we should do that i don't think that's how we should most uh you know reintroduce her back into the house like don't get her all excited we're kind of supposed to not be paying attention to her right so the behavioralist sits down and at this point I notice like the sleeve tattoos and the nice musculature that's happening under that sleeve tattoo and um, you know he's got like a nice haircut and he's you know behavioralist is like a pretty good looking guy so like as he is talking about like you know, what a naughty girl fancy is and how you really need to, you know, like be consistent and, and be firm and tough with her. Um, 
you know, slipping in and out of my own imagination and my mind's going places. And that was just like a fun, you know, private moment that I had with myself. And let's move on. Um, am I still recording? Yes. So anyway, he brings out this big board of all the rules for fancy. This one and a half pound Pomeranian. And then he's like, oh, she even, you know, like what we do with her, we have her go on the treadmill and I can show you how to do that. So Cam's like, oh, so if I'm on the elliptical, Fancy can be on the treadmill right next to me. They're like, yeah, no problem. Let's get Fancy on that treadmill. Piss, piss, piss. Fancy. Fancy pee all over that treadmill. And and she's walking and she's peeing and there's more pee and she's walking and peeing at the same time. And she's stopping to pee and the treadmill's, you know, still going and it's still running and she's like pee and he's having to get a little Kleenex that's not going to do anything and just keep it at the edge of the treadmill and just try and wipe up all the pee that way. It's not working. Somebody please like... <laughs> I know probably none of you are familiar with where the the cleaning products are in the house, but if you could just, you know, look under a sink, try and make this happen and not have dog piss all over the treadmill. Anyway, um, the next scene we have Stephanie taking her sons over to Brandy's house. So I just like forgot the piece that I had from, how do I describe this? Um, like I said, Stephanie was going over to Brandy's house so their Stephanie's sons could go play with Brandy's daughters. And so I will say that one of the people in the situation is somebody that has given me a lot of anxiety because of their behavior and their aggression. And I will say that um, that person has red hair. And that person is uh, small and does gymnastics and has like long hair and is just like a a nasty little piece of work. And I'm not going to say which individual that is because maybe that individual is a minor. So I'm just going to, you know, for their own privacy, I'm going to hold that information. But I will just say that like I just, you know... (sighs) took a deep breath when I saw that person, because I know it was like, here go hell come, you know? Um, so Brandon and Stephanie hug, and then they immediately do Stephanie, uh, do an interview with Stephanie and producer goes, um, you know, like, what are the rules for hugging in this new world that we live in? And Stephanie's like, Oh, you know, and this is a Corona free zone, like pointing to the studio, like meaning the, the show. Uh, none of us are going to get it. We get tested all the time. Like uh, there's no Corona happening here. No one's going to get it. Meanwhile, as this is airing on new year's night, we're all just finding out that Deandra is in the ICU because of contracting COVID. And she was just with, this was just after Christmas. Should we, there are pictures of her with her whole family, including, you know, the 123 year old mama D and what is left of her original parts. And 
I'm just thinking, Stephanie, this is not a good look. I, we don't need to like talk in absolutes. So this is what I'm saying that I was like not feeling about Stephanie is that she was being probably the most openly COVID denying, like, I'm not going to let it affect my life person on the show. And I just, it really rubbed me the wrong way. I didn't like it. So basically they just make a slip inside, which really, I, I don't know if it's like a new fancy slip inside. Like I'm from the Midwest, raised in the South. We're just, you know, like, I know that there's like official slip inside merchandise, (laughs) but I also know that there are a lot, you know, you can open up a trash can and put some soap, some dish soap on it, some Dawn and get the hose out and make it happen. What was this? This was like an air mattress that they had just like flopped on. It was like a queen size air mattress. Like did not seem fun. It really did not seem fun. And they kept using this music that was like trying to hype it up and make it seem like, oh, look at us all having a fun afternoon in Texas with the slip inside. No, no, wasn't working for me. Didn't, didn't try to confuse me at all. Excuse me. So our next scene, we have Deandra going over to Mama D's house. So Deandra says, you know, before COVID, everything was really going well with the skincare because we know she took it over from, she took over Hard Not Good Morning from Mama D and she was left to pick up the pieces because Mama D. (laughs) Every time I think about this, it is so fucked up and also hilarious that she her, I, you guys, go back and listen to an episode that I did with Megan O'Donnell, all about Mama D. We did a series called Mommy Dearest, and our first episode was D, D and Deandra. You guys, it is so fucking funny that Deandra had a life in D.C. working with the Bush administration. <laughs> D. Basically convinced her to move back to Texas on the promise that she would be the head of her company. Made her work for damn near 20 years and then gave her the biggest lemon out of Shaman Bedore's bowl that you could ever get. (laughs) And just forced her. (laughs) It is evil. So rude. It's so fucked up to do that to your own daughter. So anyway, Deandra's talking about how she's managed to like, thank God, crawl her way into some sort of like success from the company. And then COVID happens and everything went to a screeching halt. So we find out D, who was, who had been real tight in the purse, tight in the purse strings leading up to this. Decided to loan Deandra with $100,000 in order to keep things afloat for her. A real turn, right? Dee said, you know, I wasn't going to give her that money because I didn't trust her. I didn't think she could do it. She's been working real hard. I think her daddy would be real proud. And I gave her the money. Thank you. Thank you, Mama D. So they're, you know, they're getting lunch ready. And they're inviting a new guest. And here's where we meet Dr. Tiffany Bad Bitch Moon. Dee is the one who introduced her to Deandra. Dee 
seems to think that she and Tiffany, Tiffany, a woman who later tells us that she got, went from um, coming to this country at six, not knowing a lick of English to by 23, getting her MD. Mama D thinks that Tiffany and herself are cut from the same cloth. She's like, I think she's so beautiful and intelligent and I just love her so much. Deandra is um, joking and I'm using air quotes in here being like, oh, you know, um, she's like, Tiffany's like the daughter that my mom actually loves and appreciates and actually cares for. And, you know, she's not chunky like me. And Dee's like, oh, Deandra. I mean, she she just doesn't sit there and eat donuts all night. You know? <laughs> so not a denial that Deandra is chunky. In fact, a confirmation and an outing of what your actual problem is. <laughs> oh, Dee is a, uh, woo. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So Tiffany comes over and, you know, they're talking about, you know, making small talk about Corona. Dee wants to know, is your hospital at capacity? So Tiffany's an anesthesiologist. And I think most of her job was doing like elective surgery. As we know, there was that period of time where they stopped doing elective surgery, you know, at the hospitals. So she's like, oh, you know, we're not quite at capacity yet. Of course, we don't want to be there. I'd have to say if our, you know, if we have like green, yellow, and red zones, we're at yellow. And we really don't want to go any further. So Deandra's response to this is, um, so are you going to Cameron's uh, garage sale? <laughs> like, okay, so we're almost bursting at the seams. You now, Deandra, in real time are in the hospital. Could not care less. Just want to ask if you're going to go to Cameron's funky garage sale, you know, some like rainbow bright on acid bullshit. She is going. So then we kind of run through the list. We kind of establish who it is that Tiffany knows, who she has relationships with on the cast. So we know she knows Deandra and Dee. We know she knows, um, kind of knows Stephanie because she and Travis are on a board together and Deandra's like, so do you know Brandy? <laughs> I was like, okay, here we go. Here we go. So for y'all who don't know, 
what had happened was three years ago, a uh, video came out or video Brandy posted of her in a car, like on an Instagram live or some posted an Instagram story or something like that. She's talking about how people always say that she has slanty eyes and then she does that very racist, you know, finger to make your eyes look slanted motion that we all used to do in elementary school and goes into this like horrendous, Asian racist accent and to talk about her, how people think her eyes are slanted. So this laid low. And I think it was sort of like a Stassi and Chrissy situation where like the first time it had come out years ago, there was a bit of an undercurrent of a bit of a backlash, but then this summer, like things really came out, especially because of Leanne. So Brandy was going so hard on how messed up it was that Leanne was saying all these terribly like pointed, you're Mexican, you're Mexican and strong. Why doesn't the Mexican, whatever she said, just all these like crazy things that she was saying to Carrie. Leanne's wedding planner comes out and is like, oh, well, you know, Brandy's going so hard against Leanne. Uh, here's, you know, what you don't know. And then drops this video, like Kim Kardashian dropping that video of, of Taylor talking to Kanye. <laughs> like It was like the Dallas version of that. Um, so then all this comes out. Brandy ends up going to like a treatment facility. Okay. So, and you know, I have feelings about that, that I think I'm mostly going to keep to myself because I don't think that I have, the capacity to talk about it in a way that is how I, I'm not going to be able to communicate the way I'm thinking about it in my head. Um, so at this point we're doing like a back and forth between Brandy and Stephanie talking about her video and then Deandra D and Tiffany talking about the video. So Deandra's like, oh, do you know Brandy? And Tiffany's like, well, you know, I don't know her personally, but she seems like a nice girl. And Deandra's like, well, have you seen the video? And she's like, yeah, I saw the video. So the way that they handle this from at this point on to me was like the truly fascinating point. I, I think it was, if it's kind of one of those things where like, if you get into into the right hands and the right eyes see it, like it makes sense to them. But I worry that people like Brandy are going to see that and empathize with her and they're not going to understand. I don't think the show did a good, I, I don't think they did a great job at showing why Brandy is acting badly. And it really all fell on Tiffany to explain and walk people through what Brandy's doing, how she reacted to the backlash, what she's doing in the moment of them filming. I I didn't like that it really was all on her and all the other women, including Carrie, were incredibly supportive of Brandy. And I think there's a reason for that, but... I think there are a lot of reasons for that, but we'll get into that. So I just, the way it was handled was so interesting. So back at 
Stephanie at Brandy's house. Brandy's setting this up, talking about it, like, you know, everything that's going on in this world, meaning like the George Floyd protests and and so she's like, you know, everything that's going on in this world has been so crazy and all the racist stuff has triggered me to remember my video. Like, first of all, that's not how it happened. Somebody dropped that because they were mad at you or they wanted to prove a point and they wanted to shut you up and get you to shut up from going so hard about Leanne. Um, so then Deandra tells Tiffany, she's like, you know, I'm sorry. Like I, Deandra, I'm sorry about the video. And then she's like, but you know, I know Brandy didn't mean to hurt anyone. And Brandy's one of the funniest people I know. And you know, she's not that kind of person and she has no ill will. And you know, I think Tiffany, I think you're actually going to like her. And I thought Deandra, that was like, ugh, I hated everything she said because I, I completely hated how she handled this. So I understand that it's a show. And that we're obviously going to have to address the fact that one of the cast members was blatantly racist towards Asian people and mocking them. And now there's a new Asian cast member and that clearly you're going to have to address that. I get it, but I just, I, you know, and I understand Deandra like doing what she had to do and like introducing that subject, but what she, how she reacted in her defense of Brandy, I thought was like so unnecessary and, you know, it's it's a thing. When I think about when people come to the defense of someone like Stassi, and do I think what Stassi did with regard to Faith was racist? Yes. Do I think that she was intentionally trying to be racist? No, I think that she thinks whatever she was doing at the time and whatever she said at the time was okay. And so when I see people come to defense of Saucy, I know it's because they would do the same thing. They would act the same way. They would say the same things that they've had these, they've made these like quote unquote jokes to people in company and safe company and all of that. So when people defend her, it's like, okay, you're defending her because you would do the same thing. And you're saying, oh, she's not racist because you know, you don't want to be called racist when you would do the exact same things that she would do. Right. Um, so to me that just aired to the side of like it, my defenses went up and I immediately thought the things that Brandy did are probably things that Deandra has done or would have laughed if she was in the room and thought it was funny. And so her defense and her, hard at defense of Brandy is coming from a place of like, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. Like I know that you're upset and I know that it's not okay because I'm seeing how people are reacting, but I just need to know that like, she's a good person because I would probably do this. And I would want you to think that I was still a good person after that. And that I'm not a racist after that. And that I think you're going to like her because you would like me. You know, and so I don't like this, like, I definitely didn't like her telling Tiffany, I think you're going to like her because then that places her in a situation of like, okay, well, if Tiffany doesn't like her, then it's like, oh, well, Brandy's such a likable person. And, you know, now Tiffany's being the difficult one. Right. 
Because, you know, Brandy didn't mean it like that. So if if you're not going to be nice to her, then it's like you're making things difficult. Because Brandy, at the end of the day, is a really good person. And so now if you're not nice to her, it's like it makes it more difficult. Right? So then we go back to... No, Tiffany, Tiffany defends herself because that's eventually what she's essentially what she's having to do now is defending herself because Deandra's defending Brandy and Tiffany's like, well, I think what she did was in poor taste. And then we get back to Brandy and Stephanie. Brandy's now crying and talking about how ashamed she was for what she did and how she went to treatment for it because she was suicidal. And this is the thing that I don't want to, uh, I don't want to say the wrong thing because I don't know Brandy's situation. I don't know anything about her mental health. I just will say that I, as a black woman, don't go to, you should kill yourself if you're racist. And I don't know why that went that way in Brandy's mind. You know what I'm saying? I just don't know why she thought that, like, that would solve anything. (sighs) I don't want to say the wrong thing and I'm getting stressed. So I'm just going to say, (laughs) I'm just going to hope that you guys understand what I'm saying and move on. Okay. (laughs) So... Um, you know, Tiffany says, I've had to deal with, you know, the things that Brandy have done. I've had to deal with racism, being an immigrant and learning English. And Deandra continues to defend Brandy. And I was like, you know, I know you like her and she's not that bad of a person. And I just like, it was weird. And this is what I'm saying. Like, this is a prime example of like, if the right audience sees it, then they'll interpret people, different people are going to interpret that scene very differently. And I think it's kind of dangerous to do that. I'll just say that. So then we get to Cameron and her garage sale and her garage sale with the pink bubbles or not bubbles. Uh, there were bubbles. There was a lot of pink, there were a lot of bubbles. There were tents, like full on tents. Oh, Lord. So, the Cameron's trying to explain her situation because she had a dream house that she wanted to purchase and they tried to, they were going to sell the house that they're currently living in and then move into the new house, put their old house on the market, blah, blah, blah. COVID happens. The seller of the house of her dream house backs out because he gets freaked out. And so now they're, She was, the purpose of the garage sale was because she thought she was going to move. So she's basically had this stuff all waiting to be sold for months. And so now is the final day that she's going to do it. The garage sale was a hot mess. It was like (laughs) a lot of high end, low end, like Cameron, do you need to sell some old used uh, training wheels? For five dollars, <laughs> like I, she, people are. She's 
kept going back and forth between whether it's a garage sale or an estate sale. And it's like, girl, pick a, pick a lane. Cause I don't understand what's happening here. <laughs> um, she had a, like a lot of high end stuff, a lot of high end clothes. She was trying to sell homegirls. What's her name? That daughter's name Hilton, whatever motel six. Um, <laughs> she was trying to sell the Quintas, um, bed a custom bed for six thousand dollars like let's let's just pick a courts running around in a v stiviano visor trying to set up the lemonade stand and i don't know like putting his hands in all the places that cam's big hands can't get into do y'all remember v stiviano (laughs) as somebody who doesn't really watch a lot of sports you know, the sport that I will watch more than anything is basketball, but let it be known, like, I don't watch basketball. I just would. Like, if I had to pick a sport, it would be asked basketball. But do you guys remember the former Clippers owner, like, years ago, Donald Sterling was his name, got in all this trouble for being, like, blatantly racist. And then he had... um this, like, lover named V. Stiviano. And she milked the fuck out of it was a real treat for that like three weeks where that donald sterling scandal um was a thing where she would walk around in these visors like the visors that we have now but they're like mirrored like an oakley like think about like an lens from an oakley sunglass that was what she would walk around in in 2014 like on some respect my privacy shit like girl (laughs) There is a great video, please watch this, where she does an interview with, I want to say maybe Diane Sawyer, and she's like, oh, you know, me and Donald, like, we have this special relationship, like, I'm his honey bunny, I'm his right-hand woman, I'm his, his, you know, like, I'm, I'm his sneaky little cat, or whatever she says, and Diane Sawyer's like, does he call you those things? She's like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> Why, girl? Anyway, <laughs> anyway, he's got his Vive Siviano visor out. They're setting up a lemonade stand. You know, they put a mask on the dog at one point. They're putting a mask on Fancy. And truly, I think that is probably the most reasonable and responsible COVID precautionary behavior that we're going to see for the entirety of the season. Carrie, Deandra, Tiffany show up. Tiffany shows up in this drop top. I don't know what it was, a Porsche or a Lamborghini. I'm not even a car person. That was a hot car. And I think they said it was like 120000 which is disgusting. But it was a sick car. <laughs> so y'all know how often I get sidetracked by background stuff, right? So I have to admit, like, at one point they showed court. <laughs> they showed court. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is such a troll. They showed Court getting, like, hit in the head. But you know those, like, kill switches that people have in their garages in case they need to stop the garage door from going down? You know, just, like, as a safety precaution. The things that are, like, you know, the garage door opener is on the ceiling. And then they have the kill switch or, the like, the light switch. That is a comfortable distance from the ceiling that, like, most people can grab. 
And so to see him, like, get in the head with that is, like, <laughs> how tall is Court? <laughs> I don't know. Like, you know, Court can be a short king. All he wants. And I love their love. Hashtag, you know, love wins with, you know, this tree of a woman and this tiny little mushroom of a man. I just need it, like, why did they have to show that, y'all? See, this is what I try to do right in my life, and I try to be a good person, and I try not to let evil leave me down these paths, but then y'all show me shit like this man (laughs) getting hit by something that, like, really just highlights how short he is, and it's like, what do you want me... I'm only a woman. I'm only flesh and blood. And I'm also an investigative journalist. So like, if I see something, I have to say something. So if you guys want me to be a nice person universe, don't show me shit like that because it's funny. And I laughed and I'm going to laugh about it later too. So, oh, okay. Stephanie was having a pool party. That's what it was. That, that's, that's what I was distracted by. Somebody was inviting all the women to a pool party. Um, Brandy's not at this garage sale. And another mistake made by Stephanie. Like, oh, Tiffany, I think you'll really like Brandy when you go to this party. And again, it's putting the onus on Tiffany to rectify a situation that she did not create. Because it is not her fault that she's Asian. It is Brandy's fault for being a racist. So don't put the responsibility on the Asian person, the person who was being, you know, had racism done to them. You're putting the responsibility on her to like be friends with this woman who was being racist to people who look like her. Come on, you guys. (laughs) Come on. Then we get the scene where we meet Tiffany. We meet her family we meet her cute little husband named daniel we meet her daughters her twin daughters are chloe and maddie and their house and i have to say what we saw of the house was probably one of the better houses um in housewives franchise history i gotta say i i think i will say like you can't say a whole lot about dallas but i will say in terms of real estate i think the dallas women have the best real estate i think their houses are huge they've got real money to buy these like the house that cam was buying seven point seven and a half million dollars right and they're nice they're nice They're, they're like houses that i would live in truthfully like whose house would you really live in realistically I'm thinking, like, immediately my mind's going to Atlanta. And, like, I can't live in Lake Bailey. And all of those houses in, like, uh, like those modern houses in California. Too many, too many windows. I need privacy. I'm used to New York living where, like, I don't, you know, <laughs> like, barely talking to my neighbors. And, and nobody can see what I'm doing. Like, all of that glass too much so i think these houses are like huge and they're homey and they they're not like overly pretentious 
And then it's like, we don't really get a whole lot of real estate in New York because they all live in apartments. And it's like, you can't really, you know, the wealth is a lot more hidden in New York, right? Anyway, this is just my spiel to say that I think that Tiffany is a perfect little human. I love her. I love her story. I love her, like, being like, I made it. My parents moved over here to have a better life for me. And I made a better life for myself. And so I did that. I, she has a big circular chair in Chloe and Maddie's room that I want. It is the chair of my dreams. It is a chair that you, it's circular. It's got a back. It's got enough of a back that you can like put your, pop your arm up, but it's not too tall. It, you can take a nap in it. You can read in it. You can cuddle up with the kids or like your lover and have a nice time. It is the perfect chair. And I, I'm going to honestly message her. I'm like, am I still recording? Or am I just talking to myself? <laughs> I'm going to message her and ask her where she got that chair. It was incredible. Anyway, Tiffany says, you know, like she sets up the scene. She says, you know, I met my husband in college. Um, I met him right when I was finishing up my MD and he was doing his thing. And, and I had, you know, two kids. I had twins because my ovaries are overachievers and, you know, I'm a tiger mom. My dad was like, you're making A's. Like, I didn't even know what the, what would happen if I made a B. So I just never made one. And now I'm just like this, like gorgeous doctor with a fuck ton of money and two adorable kids and a husband that I seem to have like a very long lasting and strong relationship with. And I loved it. I loved it. She seemed to be like one of the more normal family dynamics that we've seen on housewives in quite some time. And I thought that was really nice. So our next scene, we have Brandy calling Stephanie because all the girls are getting ready for Stephanie's party. Brandy calls her beforehand. She's like, Oh, I'm trying to pick out outfits. And you know, she's starting to play victim already. She's like, Oh, Stephanie, like, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. Why are you like, I understand that if you fuck up, that you might be nervous to be around a person who you affected. I get that. But like, I just don't like this victim shit. Like, you went to treatment. Did they not give you any sort of tools for, like, taking accountability? Not playing the victim? When you have been the one who treated people poorly? Like, I don't really understand. It just showed, like, all of Randy's actions just showed, like, a real lack of awareness of what she did. A real lack of her impact. A real lack of, like, accountability. I didn't, did not like it. And I did not like her, like, you know, why are you calling Stephanie to talk about how nervous you are? Like, I understand you guys are best friends and I understand that you might be nervous, but it's like, that is an emotion that you should deal with privately because that is a situation that you created for yourself. And if you want to say you're nervous, like say you're nervous later after the fact, like say like, oh, I was really nervous, but you know what? Like, that's not anybody's like, nobody should feel bad for you that you're nervous. And so, like, stop trying to make that. I just, I just, I didn't like, I didn't like it. So, everybody shows up to Stephanie's. Tiffany, an incredible, classy woman herself, goes up to Brandy on her own and hugs her, is immediately disarming to her, 
and being friendly to her. I thought it was so, so classy because rest assured, couldn't be me. <laughs> Could not be me that this happened to. I would have made her feel as uncomfortable as possible. I would not have made eye contact. I, you would have been, she would have seen the back. She would have seen the back of me the entire time. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's a new redhead, by the way, that we picked up at the garage sale. Her name's Jen. I don't know. Like, I wasn't really keeping up with a lot of, like, the, like, oh, who's casting to be on the show? Who's going to be a friend of? But this, I think, was Cameron's friend, Jen. She's also a redhead. Same type of red hair that Brandy has. And she's trying. She's trying. She is auditioning for sure. She was at the garage sale with a visor and giving everybody else visors. And she's, was she wearing a, a bikini at the garage sale too? <laughs> I'm trying to think, was she in a bathing suit the entire episode in two different situations? Maybe she maybe it's just a crop top. Anyway, um, Jen and Brandy commiserate immediately because why were we talking about vaginas? I'm not sure, but they both came to the conclusion that they both have gobblers. And that immediately got me to thinking about the hills and Was it Spencer and Brody that said that Lauren had beef curtains or that Jason had told them that Lauren had beef curtains and that they had filmed a sex tape together? Oh, what a moment. Cameron is so upset about this turkey level conversation that she actually goes cross-eyed at one point. <laughs> and then Jen and Brandy are like, let's go into the pantry so we can compare pussy lips with each other. Why didn't you go into the bathroom? Why the pantry? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why was that the first room in your in your go-to? Anyway, they do it. Carrie's like, oh, I want in on this. I want to see some pussy lips. And they're like, oh, you know, in the end, they found out they might be three different women. But they have six of the same types of lips. So thank God for that afternoon special that we got in the middle of this episode. <laughs> different women, same lips. And then new show coming to TLC. <laughs> Um, so, (laughs) okay, so then what happens, okay, Carrie does this, like, she gets up, everybody's sitting down for lunch, and she's like, 
basically I want to share, I want everybody to share the Rosalind Thorne, talk about like the positive and the negative thing that you've taken away from quarantine. So she goes first and she says, you know, the high was spending time with her kids, her daughters, but the low was her business. We remember Carrie's business, right? Her business of going to markets to find cheap jewelry and then repurposing that jewelry and making her own jewelry with the old jewelry. And she's talking the same thing about Deandra, like, oh my, it was, it was really headed in the right direction. We were really in an upward trajectory before COVID happened. And then it, you know, it really, you know, took us off track. And it's like, girl, nobody was buying your puka shell that you bought it at Costco. And you're selling it for a markup of 500%. Like, that that just wasn't happening. It wasn't. And I'm sorry. If you want to believe that, that's fine. But, like, we all know the truth, okay? So, anyway. That was her rose and thorn. Deandra is talking about how she started to see a shaman. Because she wanted to, like, get off, get off all of her mess. And, and okay. Gamer's like, I don't know what a shaman is. I think that's like. She she didn't know what it was. Not at this point, she she had no idea what a shaman was. Um, what happened? Who went next after that? Tiffany says, you know, my one of my daughters says that she actually said I like the coronavirus, and she was like, why? She's like, oh, you know, because you get to be home more, and you know, again, she's talking about how she was home more because she wasn't doing elective surgeries and that really gave her more time to be with her kids. And, but then she says, you know, I've also had patients that have succumbed to the virus. And then in an interview, she says, basically, if anybody said to me, any sort of COVID denying, it's a hoax sort of shit, I would not have them in my life anymore because I believe in science. I know it's real. I'm in the hospitals. I see it. And she said, you know, possibly the most reasonable thing that you could say to, like, convince somebody who doesn't believe in it is that, like, this is real. Coronavirus is real. Some people will not get out of it. That's a fact. (laughs) There's no hoax in that fact. Um, So then Brandy's like, I just want to talk about something that happened before all of this it happened before 2020 2020 didn't really start off the best for me because I made a really ignorant um, and insensitive choice and I'm sorry and I went to a mental health facility because I didn't think anybody wanted to be friends with me and I and I, I nope I'm still I really want to say something and I'm not because I don't want to come off insensitive. We'll just leave it at that. Um, all the women cheers and all the women are immediately, as soon as she says, like, you know, like I didn't think anybody would want to be friends with me. And that's why, you know, I went to that facility. All the girls are immediately like, Oh no, like we love you. We love you so much. Like don't ever worry about that. We always want to be friends with you. And Tiffany is like, I'm confused (laughs) and that was too tiffany tiffany's like i'm confused because i'm confused about how upset brandy is because she's acting like a kid who hit another kid 
and then starts crying. And I'm like, thank you, Tiffany. Thank you. How, Brandy, are you the victim to the act that you (laughs) put out there towards other people? How are you a victim? And this is what I don't understand. It's like, I don't like her, you know, constantly bringing up the mental health facility. I think it creates a narrative of victimhood for her in, in this specific case. Of course, I think people get all the treatment you need, do inpatient, do whatever you have to do. This situation rubs me the wrong way and I don't trust it. And I don't like people. I don't want to say that she didn't struggle with this. I'm sure she did. And I'm sure it was like, Oh my God, I'm sure she's getting all these crazy messages from people, but it's also like, you know, I can only feel so bad for you because again, you're a fully grown adult. You know that you should not be making squinty eyes and doing an Asian accent with somebody. Like you're a grown ass woman with children and a marriage and a whole life. Um, I, I don't like when people do this. Okay, I'm just going to give her the benefit of the doubt, even though I don't think she deserves it, by saying that I hope that she's okay and that I hope that she got the help she needed with her mental health facility. I find it a little bit hard to believe because I don't see her truly taking accountability. I see her placing herself as a victim to her own actions, which is confusing to me. On top of that... I think when you set up the narrative of I want you guys to know that I meant to went to a mental health facility, it brings it to a very serious place. And if she was not being sincere about that, I think it's really fucked up to the people who do have to deal with that thing, that kind of stuff, because it makes it seem not as serious. And that I think I, I, I take, I take umbrage with that. Um, So moving on, Tiffany says, you know, over the table, she's like, you know, Brandy, I'll talk to you later. We'll talk later. Brandy keeps crying at this point and she walks up with the tape, walks up from the table. Carrie follows her. And then Carrie, they're in the bathroom. Brandy's still crying, tells Brandy, if people can't forgive you, then they don't deserve you. And so thank God, because my immediate thing is like, I'm flashing back to all of the racist things that happened to Carrie. And I'm thinking, what's the difference? So production asked Carrie in a, in a interview, what is the difference between what Leanne did to you and what Brandy said? And Carrie says, Leanne was doing what she did out of hate, but Brandy's video while ignorant and stupid caused Brandy to be devastated and she never saw that emotion, that devastation from Leanne. Fair and unfair. Fair and unfair. Leanne absolutely did not really seem to understand nor feel remorse for towards all of the heinous things that she said towards Carrie. Do I think that Carrie is maybe making this into a situation of like, 
it didn't happen to me personally, so it's not as bad. Or what Brandy said was not uh, targeted towards a specific person. And she wasn't necessarily targeting Asian people. She was targeting them in an... She was targeting Asian people in a hateful way. She wasn't targeting them... I'm trying to figure out the right way to say that. She wasn't like being hateful to she was being racist to Asian people because she felt like being racist. She was making a point about her eyes and in turn ended up being racist. Like this Leanne did was pointed from the start. It was targeted towards an individual from the start. And I guess I can understand why Carrie would think that there might be a difference, but there isn't. There isn't. It doesn't matter that like Brandy didn't mean to hurt anybody specific or she wasn't trying to be racist but ended up being racist. It it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how we got there. The road still ended in racism. (laughs) And great that Brandy feels bad about it and yes, there's absolutely a difference because Leanne did not seem to feel bad about what she did. I understand there is a remorse factor. But I don't think that makes Brandy look better. I think it makes Leanne look worse. So Tiffany walks outside and Stephanie follows her. And Tiffany says, you know, I didn't know that that Brandy had gotten to a suicidal place. This is why I said that I feel like Brandy mentioning that seems like tactic. So then... There, Stephanie's like talking to her and Tiffany's like saying whatever. Brandy and Carrie end up leaving the bathroom. They go outside to join Stephanie and Tiffany. And Stephanie's like, okay, I'm going to take Carrie. I think you, Brandy, and Tiffany should have a conversation. Again, putting all this on Tiffany to try and like rectify a situation that really had nothing to do with her outside of her being Asian. Like, this is not her responsibility. It is Stephanie's responsibility to say, you're my best friend, but what you did was not okay. It is Carrie's responsibility to say, what you did was not okay. Even if you feel bad about it, like, you're just going to have to feel bad about it. It is Deandra's position to say, Brandy, this isn't acceptable. And... Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, back to what the women's response was when Brandy's stuff came out. And I think, obviously, they were easier on her than they were towards Leanne. (sighs) I just don't like that Brandy's getting away with it. Well, it feels like Brandy's getting away with this. So... So Tiffany looks at Brandy and she's like, where do I even start? And then she starts with saying that I'm not attacking you, which is a thing that we as minority women have to do all the time is satiate and placate people and make ourselves be softer and gentler and safe with people and have to give them this warning of like, I'm not attacking you. This is a safe place. Like, I'm okay. I'm not the big bad wolf coming after you. And she's like, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't take this opportunity to tell you that what you did was wrong and hurt people's feelings. And Brandy's nodding and saying like, yes, I get it. 
I hear you. I'm taking it in. She says, you know, what I said was ignorant and insensitive. So then Tiffany's like, let me tell you a story. And this is another thing that like shouldn't have to be done is like, you're doing the emotional labor and this is not anything against Tiffany. It's just like a perfect case of like what minorities should not have to do in these situations when white people are racist. (laughs) So then she tries to humanize herself. Tiffany is now saying like, I'm going to have to tell you this whole story about my trauma in order to make me feel like, so that you look at me like a human being and somebody worth feeling empathy for. So she tells her a story of like my parents when I was three moved to America without me. I was raised by my grandparents for three years. When I was six years old, I came to this country. I had to fly from Beijing to New York by myself to come to America and meet my parents. And then I get here. I didn't know a lick of English And people treated me horribly and they did this. And then she proceeds to do the, you know, Asian eyes with your finger motion. Brandy starts like to get all choked up. And then we go to a to be continued card. I hope that what we see in the next episode is Brandy genuinely being contrite and genuinely saying what she needs to say. But given what we saw in this episode and how she played it out, I think it's damn near impossible. So we'll see. I'm just shocked that this was actually a fairly decent episode of Real Housewives of Dallas because I had zero hope that that was going to be the case. Here we are. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for speaking. <laughs>